Arena's building? He's like, yep, turn right. I was like, it is okay. Shimon, uh, <laughs> not as surprising as that accomplished, trip, right? He was yeah. like, he's like, this is the place we're going. I thought, I thought Jeff was gonna get me. Welcome to another. Without the more podcast. Oh, that was it. Now yeah, we'll just intro. We'll intro. intro. Yeah, that's fine. I'll leave that. Like I thought, Jeff was gonna get me. Welcome to. I'll cut out. Jeff. Yeah. Where are we at? We're at Barrel of Monks Brewing. That's right. Boca Raton. But is it Raton or Raton? I don't know. Is it Boca Raton or Raton? Got me. I Got think me. it's Raton. Is it Raton? I've said Raton. I've been here for I 29 think years. I most commonly Boca Raton. Yeah. We'll just go with that. Or just right. Boca. Either way, I mean, it's rat's mouth. That's true. I'm not lying. He looks at the table. That's true. That's true. I, I'm not lying here. This is factual, guys. I'm just, it's because of the shape of the inlet. It looks like a rat's face with a mouth. I'm not, it's yeah. not a lie. It's not because it's a rat's mouth. It's the shape of the mouth of the inlet. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Just you're so full of knowledge. Sometimes I pull shit out of my mouth. I don't even know it's there. All right, but it's true. This is true. Anyway. Anyway, as you guys can tell by the title, this is another special brewery spotlight episode of at the bar podcast once again i'm your host mike like 55 times in a row it's been 50 yeah. plus yeah. episodes jeff that's me we have cassie here she's just playing like silent she's on dog duty <laughs> but we're upstairs at barrel of monks in boca raton we're joined by their marketing manager zach who's been so far super awesome we'll see you later I very guess. accommodating what's up man not much. How are you guys doing? Well, good. So I want to get thing right off the bat. I want to cover your accent right off the bat because I know. We may as well get it out of the way. We gotta get out of the way because <laughs> I'll get fucking hundred emails saying, "Oh, where's he from? He sounds like he's from Australia, Australia or South Africa." Yeah, it's all here. All over, all over the place. I'm from uh, Northern England. So okay. This is a very uh, genuine Yorkshire accent you're hearing. Yeah. What town? The city of York. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like New York. When you said Yorkshire, I thought they just, that's like a region. I don't know. I'm not Yorkshire a... being the county and York being the city of the county. So, wow. Yorkshire, York. Before we even cover Barrel Monks, we, got, we, got, we yeah. got to get you ironed out with all the details. So, when did you move to the States? Uh, I moved to uh, to Florida about three and a half years ago. And I've been working with Barrel Monks for about three years. Okay. Wow, that's quick. Well, that was you the reason right I knew it. it was to get into the brewing industry. Love it. I managed to, to catch these guys right when they um, were kind of still building the whole place out and you know, they hadn't opened yet. Uh, they were looking for a um, for a tasting room manager. Uh, and so that's what I interviewed for and what, what I got the job for. So yeah, I've been with these guys since uh, since they first opened this place. Okay, now you can be as, as giving as you want, but has that accent worked in your favor? In, uh, in what respect? You know what they're <laughs> I know. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess it probably gets their attention, but you know, after a few minutes, they just realize I'm there. Then they realize who I am. This guy. The accent. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's all it's got. It's still more than most of us. Yeah. <laughs> As you look at me, look at an asshole. <laughs> anyway, again, we're at Barrel Monks. We're upstairs at this nice conference table. Zach has been super awesome to us. Gave us a tour and has poured some beers for us. But before we get into that, we want we gotta learn the history, Jeff. Correct. Of barrel of monks and kind of where did the barrel of said monks 
Foreign made love again. I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm um, gonna drink more of that because so, as you guys know, I'm a fanboy. Tell us kind of where Barrel Amongst, you know, the history. Let's say you know before opening, you know, where did uh, you know the owners kind of get their inspiration and all kind of where that started. All that good stuff. So um, to begin with, we have uh, three founding owners, um, all vocal locals, uh, and three friends. Uh, two of them are radiologists here in Boca. Uh, the other one is a, a business owner, kind of entrepreneur in a different industry. Um, and they were big, big fans of, um, of, of craft beer in general. Uh, before, they then took a trip over to Belgium and specifically fell in love with Belgian style beers. Uh, when they came back over, they realized that a lot of the beers in Belgium aren't necessarily accessible easily over here. Um, and often they're, they're quite expensive as well. So they, uh, they took a hand at uh, trying to make their own. And, uh, and like you very often hear the, uh, the, the, the stories of breweries starting on, uh, on his back porch where he's got a, you know, a home brew set. That's how these guys started. So uh, I believe I'm correct in saying that the first beer that they tried to brew was uh, a variation of a Belgian triple, which we now do a triple um, uh, year round uh, here, which I'm sure is, is somewhat of a variation from the original, uh, the original recipe. Right. Um, but that's what they started with, and I hear that it turned out terrible. And then they tried again. <laughs> As most origins. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So they tried again, and it came a little better, and they, you know, tried again, and it got even worse, and then tried again and again. And <laughs> they were brewing all these uh, these different Belgian-style beers for, I believe, about eight years before they got you know a nice portfolio of recipes that they were they were really happy with. Um, and they then you know set out to actually open uh, their own place in in Boca. They also. Uh, sourced a, uh, another brewer, uh, an actual uh, commercial brewer uh, by the name of Kevin uh, Kevin Abbott, uh, who was um, he, he, he worked at Funky Buddha uh, as the brewer there, and also uh, Do South uh, before coming to work with us. Friends of the show. Yes, that's an impressive resume already. Yeah, yeah he knows. His stuff. All you have to say is Funky Buddha and Do South, and like he was there. No, he, uh, <laughs> he knows his stuff, that's for sure, and he's a part owner in Barrel of Monks now as well. Um, so anyway, so if they had. Uh, a few, um, I think, a few kind of bumps along the way in getting this place open. Uh, this is the first bre uh, production brewery in Boca, uh, so with that in mind, you know, there's a lot of like legal loopholes to get through, and you know, all that sort of oh, yeah. stuff that you oh, know, yeah. is behind the scenes. But they did manage to do it, um, and we then opened uh, three, almost three years ago. Yeah, almost yeah. three years. Almost ago. three years ago, we have our uh, anniversary coming up. Uh, End of March. We were talking Ooh, about yeah. coming to the two-year yes. anniversary. It's been that long. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goodness. End of March is the uh, uh, is going to be the three-year anniversary. So wow, big, big deal. That is a big yeah. deal. The, the the magnitude of what you guys have built here in such a short period of time amazes me because we just took the tour and and I was saying well, I can't believe this is a three-year-old facility just with Absolutely. everything that's done. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's impressive. It's a yeah, very yeah. impressive facility, and I've started thinking about comparable places I've been mm -hmm. for the same amount of time, and the facility, everything you have. I mean, this room we're sitting in is proof that whatever you're doing is working because it's this facility is amazing for three years. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's this very, facility is amazing for I mean, ten you years. You have a whole I mean, upstairs like, that's furnished and like furniture and 
But you don't really see that in breweries in general. What a great like a private event space, yeah. something to do yeah. a party at. So we do, do private events up here uh, regularly. We've done everything you can imagine, from birthdays to I think we've done bar mitzvahs up here. We've done uh, wed- we've done wedding receptions, funerals, <laughs> Irish wakes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this is uh, approximately a 10,000 square foot facility um, and during the, uh, uh, the tour um, I was talking uh, about the, um, the design, which they kept in mind the, the, the plan to expand mm-hmm. straight right. off the bat. Right. So, you know, something that will save them money down the line, you know, certain ways uh, that, they've, um, that they've planned ahead, uh, for example, such as the um, uh, the guy called the cooling system has been uh, installed in a way that you know we can easily uh, install new fermenters when we want to do that without having to uh, you know take things out and replace them, which you know would result in, in more cost to cost. Right. And then you're paying to take stuff out and put it in exactly. rather than just put it. In. So yeah, things along those lines um, have uh, you know really made a difference. And you know even though I work for the guys, uh, I work here. They um, they certainly I agree have done a great job. Design and to build out. That's usually good to do when you're talking about your boss. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it is smart. It's smart. It, there's uh, we've we've done interviews with breweries before, and we've done them with the people who are moving into new facilities. We've done them with people who are just like you guys have, have planned ahead to expansion, and it seems like that's the right way to go. Is is while you have your investors lined up and you're planning out your business model is to say we're going to need this facility for the next five years rather than the next two years. You've got to think about it in the long term. Right. And say, what are what are we looking like in five years if we do everything right, assuming we're going to do it all right? And that's that's where you have to be. And if you're not there, then you better raise more money and be there because otherwise it's going to cost you more in year two. Yep. I mean, it, it, the, the trend that, that we're seeing on the, on the content creator side is that the breweries that open up to be big end up being big. Right. Like, oh, absolutely. Per, perfect example for Orlando Market is Red Cypress. They opened big, and that it was a lot of empty space, but they're they're growing as we speak, growing into it, and now they're in Georgia. Same thing with Barrel Amongst is that you guys are statewide, but you have the capacity to expand and not have to limit yourself to like the strip mall brewery well, or like yeah, the biggest issue, the I guess, shithole brewery, yeah. like some industrial park that's falling apart. The biggest issue holding a lot of breweries back is their own ability to put out beer and. They're almost halting their own growth, right. yeah, and and not purposely, but just because of what they could afford when they open. There's nothing wrong with building it that way, but right. if you can build it the other way, where you can expand instantly, then you can hit the market hard and within three years be as big as you guys are. And, and I mean, statewide distribution. I've talked about Wizard all the time. I drink it every time I go on the boat. It's a great beer. It's everywhere. Right. And that's good. It's available everywhere. I mean, and that's I mean, he did a, he did a promo video of it a couple of weeks ago in Orlando market. Mm-hmm. So that's to be there in three or less than three years is impressive because you guys had the foresight to think that you might be there in three years, and that's what's good. Yeah. So kind of what I have a set question. I I really want to ask you. I don't want to jump too fast to it. But what's it like? I guess it's like part A. What's it like running or marketing or working for a brewery, a American brewery, doing Belgians? So, like from our experiences, Belgians is a very niche market in terms of American drinkers, right? So, what's it like running or being a part of a American brewery, wanting to make or making solid Belgians, but Belgians in general? 
Yeah, uh, it's a it's definitely a good question uh, in terms of it, it is it is our niche for sure. Um, but in my opinion, I think it works greatly to our advantage rather than it being a, a restriction. Okay. Specifically, the the niche that we have being Belgian style beers. So. Um, what you often see out in, uh, in in other breweries are those breweries who are yeah, I kind of I guess their their niche would be that they they are simply aiming to make you know quality beers um, of of any style you know they don't necessarily um, keep to a to a certain such as you know, Belgian style beers right. or, or, or whatever else there might be you know but there are other breweries who um, who do kind of their business model is, you know, a similar sort of um, approach to us, where they where they stick to, for example, one brewery uh, focuses on on very hoppy beers, another one is focusing entirely on sour beers. Uh, I think where I'm going with this, I think the advantage to having Belgian uh, beers as your niche is that there is so much uh, variety when it comes to uh, the portfolio of different Belgian beers that you can do. It really isn't restricting at all. So anything from light beers to dark beers to low ABV to high ABV, uh, all of the different uh, flavor characters that come from the different uh, yeast strains uh, that are involved in Belgian style beers. You have a whole mess of different sour beers that you can take from. The list goes on. Um, and so, like I said, I don't think that it's um, it's been restricting for us at all. If anything, I think that, you know, to be able to have a niche such as this um, opens a whole, uh, uh, you know, Different doors for opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's that was you know, <clears throat> from my end on the on the retail side is that Belgians tend to tend to not sell as well as a porter, a stout, you know, an IPA, whatever. So it like for a, an American brewery to really specialize in Belgian has to be more difficult than say being a, you know, oh we're a brewery that just brews quality beer, or we're a brewery that's that brews IPAs and that's really it and like. <clears throat> I would imagine being not on the brewery side, it being more of a challenge because, you know, with that niche and, and that, that Belgian yeast and, and that kind of flavor profile, because there's another Belgian brewery on the West Coast by Tampa <clears throat> who really struggles with selling their beer in state because it's just not selling because Florida drinkers tend to not want Belgians. They want the sours, they want the IPAs, the New England styles. <clears throat> the Berliner. So that's, I really like your answer because it really encompasses what we experienced in the tap room. Mm -hmm. So we're, when we walked in, we, we met you, shook hands, whatever, and I saw that, I'm thinking, I've, I've been thinking about this whole time, that sour, the number 10, the sour Belgian with guava and passion fruit, yeah. that beer is so good, but it's a Belgian beer. And like that twist on a niche market, making it more accessible to more of the common drinker, I think, is where I think Barrel Monks might exceed more than just sticking with Belgians. We kind of play with um, with the rules a little bit, uh, or we, you know, with boundaries, in that we don't restrict ourselves solely to just making necessarily Belgian beers. What, we'll, what we may do, and what we've done in the past, is we, we've made a beer that isn't necessarily a Belgian style beer, and we put a Belgian twist on it. And usually, that will be um, uh, if making the beer with Belgian yeast, and that gives. Right. A whole different character to you know an otherwise non-Belgian beer. So we've done uh, a couple of examples. And, you know, there's a Scotch ale uh, called Tartan Monk, uh, which we had uh, available in the tap room. We've, we've had uh, 
had out in, uh, in bars and restaurants in the past uh, and it was really successful, it was really, really delicious and it was, you know, it was a Scotch yeah. ale so it had the, yeah. the, the Belgian yeast character in there as well which kind of, you know, mixed it up a little right. bit. So it helped. Yeah. Right. The doors are open to do so many cool things, and and no one else is doing. And, but that's the thing. There's only so many bells. And, and like you were saying, niche market. I agree with to the point that that West Coast brewery that you're talking about, um, they have a very niche market with what they're doing because it's mostly sour stuff. I think if you open the doors to being Belgian inspired, but only doing Belgian inspired in the grand scheme of all Belgian style beers, you have a ton of options of what you can do. Um, Florida, it, it not not unlike other markets, I think, really views Belgian and Trappist very similarly. So they think that there's, oh, well, Belgian beers are great. We've got doubles and triples and quads. And yeah. it's like, you also have like 12 other styles of awesome beers that you can drink or even more than that, you know? You have all these sours, you have all these lighter beers, you have all these different things. But Belgian yeast and, and what the, you know, does to a beer, that breadiness and the yeasty flavor can be in any number of different styles or colors or bodies of different beers, but people view Belgian beers because Trappist has become a, such a huge thing as we've got like this double and triple and quad like stigma around Belgian. Like that's, I like Belgian beers because I love St. Bernard's ABT 12. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's cool. That's one Belgian beer out of literally infinite Belgian beers. Yeah, right. I think it's uh, about having, I guess, a, an identity. Uh, mm -hmm. Having a niche is like having a, you know, a purpose as to what you can communicate, what you're trying to do here. Uh, and that's the same with, you know, with any brewery. It doesn't necessarily mean being a Belgian style brewery, but having that kind of key focus of what you're, what you're trying to, what you're trying to do, uh, gives you some identity, gives you some purpose, and also is going to send a message out to the customer, um, to the end, uh, to the end consumer, and like you know. When it comes to Belgian style beers, if that's what you know, that what if that's what you're looking for, you should come to us. Sure, because that's what we're doing here. You know? Absolutely, I, I think it's worked to our advantage greatly. Well, I know, I know. When I worked at World of Beer, there were a, a lot more so than anything else of I love Belgian beers, but the supply of Belgian beers to America, like you said, very limited. You don't have a lot of options, and they're all pricey. I mean, a Belgian. The biggest thing for me at World of Beer was finding an American brewery that could put a Belgian style out so that I could utilize my Belgian tap. That's something that poured it at an actually decent price. Because otherwise, consumers are like, man, a $14 beer again, a $12, $13 beer. All the Belgian stuff is so pricey that to have an American brewery doing fantastic Belgian beers, traditional Belgian, Belgian style beers at a price that's affordable to customers is a huge deal. That's a market that's not a niche market. That's a big market. Yeah. I think they also really support, uh, they love to support local businesses, you know? Mm -hmm. So they love, they may love Belgian beers, and they also love supporting local businesses. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we tick both of those boxes. Yep, absolutely. And we talked about that earlier today about, you know, the big companies, the, the mentality of going to big companies is dissipating to where a lot of these hotels and these restaurants are sticking to the local independent markets for their beverages, for their beers, for whatever the case is, because these big businesses are getting such a bad rap. Some deserve it, some not. We know we're not here for that, but and that can help out breweries like Barrel Monks, like 
all these other breweries to get these bigger accounts because the mentality right. of the consumer is going, well, I don't want to support big businesses because they do X, Y, Z. I want to support the local person because they're better people. But the difference, business. the difference being that that you're not, if, if you go from supporting Anheuser-Busch to, sort, to supporting local, you're making a conscious decision to spend more for, for the product right. that you're getting. Yeah, right. The difference in the Belgian market is if you're trying to get away from buying, you're saving they, money. You're actually saving money and you're getting local. Right. So it's actually a better market for the Belgian beer, for American Belgian brewers, okay. the, the Oma Gangs and the, and the Weyerbachers and the Barrel of Monks, the people who are doing great Belgian style beers, to sit there and go, well, we're American, but we're doing great Belgian styles. And we're cheaper than every other Belgian beer that you can ever find by almost half. Because you don't even have to import it. A lot of times it's almost half price. I mean, you you look at some of these Belgian beers on tap, and they're twelve, thirteen dollars a you know for a for a a twelve ounce. You know, and it's like it gets a little ridiculous. But the people who genuinely love Belgian beers, there's a lot of them because they're great beers. The people who genuinely love them. To get something that is traditional, stylistically right, out of America, and save yourselves five dollars a beer, and then also you're buying local. That's like that's like you're winning the lottery. I mean, that's yeah. it. It's a, that's it's perfect. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you a couple, two more questions before we kind of go into tasting. Other chef has another question. So from a marketing standpoint, what has your experience been marketing an American brewery making Belgian beers? That's part one. Part two is, what do you think Barrel and Monks, what makes Barrel and Monks different than say, because we're in South Florida, there's, it's a whole mecca of, of craft beer, and not only in South Florida, but in Florida in general. So part two of that question is, what makes, besides being Belgian, what makes Barrel and Monks maybe different or unique than say, any other brewery kind of that people might go to before? Well, I guess I would. Loaded question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take your time. Feel free to plug yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the part one of that, my experience in the marketing uh, side of things, and you know, marketing a Belgian style beer, uh, Belgian style brewery in America, uh, has been nothing but positive responses. You know, people um, have that the the kind of the bars that you that you were just talking about a moment ago uh, that are focusing on supporting local craft beer in general. Um, they always have. In their, uh, you know, in their beer list, uh, whether it be on their draft lines or you know, in their coolers for bottles, they always have a place for Belgian style beers. Because yeah. you know, that's our main focus. But we're not you the only brewery doing Belgian style beers. You know, and there'll be other breweries who uh, will do the flip side of us, and they'll they'll do different beers, but they'll put they'll have a Belgian style beer in their portfolio. Um, and so when I go, you know, and I, I visit these accounts. Uh, it may, you know it varies depending upon what type of uh, bar or restaurant it is. Um, for example, there will be some out there uh, which are looking for more regular beers, uh, their core brand or their year-round availability. Uh, some of which we're going to talk about just in a moment with these samples. But our wheat beer, uh, our uh, Belgian single, our Belgian triple ones that are, you know they, they want on they want on top uh, on top consistently. You know or, you know for. A, 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 considerable length of time. Right. In contrast, you have other bars uh, who are looking to swap up their beers continuously. And I'm talking, you know, once, maybe even twice a week. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they'll put a, they'll put a you know, uh, they're always changing, they'll put a slim 
um, of the latest special release, exclusive release that we may have. Uh, and as soon as it's gone, they'll go straight on to a, a different one. But again, those those brews or those bars will, will, will still have a, a space for Belgium style beers um, alongside, you know, an IPA perhaps and, and a sour beer and so on and so on, a stout and so on and so on. Um, so, like I said, wherever I'm going, I'm getting nothing but positive feedback. Um, and also, I'm getting positive feedback on the quality of our beers as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, oh, it's always an advantage. It makes my job easier well, to well, sell. Let me beer. tell you, there's, oh, no, okay. there's, no, there's no way that we would even be here today if the quality of your beer was in question because I begged him. I came down here, had such an amazing time. We weren't even doing brewery interviews anymore. And I was like, we need to go down to Barrel Bucks. We absolutely have to do an interview there because their beers are so incredible. So. Yes, that we know. I keep begging from Barrel Monks. Keep begging, please, like, dude. I you come down. I literally talked to the wizard with like a thousand times. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's such a great beer, but I I knew that this something about here when we tried their beers, it was special. It was there's a special thing going on here. It is genuinely as close to a Belgian style beer as you can get. But again, I used to so I used to do product at a World of Beer. I used to product manager, and I would buy I would buy you know everything coming in. And like you said, there's beers that, you know, there's breweries that I want to put something on permanent and I want a Belgian style beer. And that that exists, you know, ten uh, a bunch of beers, breweries do that. Then there's a bunch of bars that do the other thing, changing out constantly. But usually those people are changing out. They have eight IPAs, five pale ales, this, that, and then they've got, you know, a bunch of Belgian taps and they've got whatever. So as you go down the list, Yes, the beers are changing constantly, but you're going to have the same proportion of styles as you can ever find. Yeah. Those breweries, you might not have a permanent tap, but you're almost going to have a permanent foothold in. Because yeah. if I'm an American buyer, a product manager like I was at World of Beer, and I have five Belgian taps, I will tell you as many of those Belgian taps as I can possibly make American breweries, I will do because of the cost. Because if I put on traditional Belgian beers, they're twice as expensive. So if I can put on Barrel Amongst Wizard Wit instead of whatever Belgian Wizard you know Wit I can get, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be cheaper and it's a better beer. And I'm not just saying that because I'm here. Wizard Wit's a, a fantastic Wit beer. And Coming so from two non-Belgian drinkers. <laughs> like, so yeah. I I have no risk. I have no risk in putting that wit beer on as my as my white as my white wheat. Yeah, yeah. And, that's what we're doing. And, and it's yeah, saving yeah, yeah. me money to do so. So it's a win-win for the bar who wants to change up beers. Exactly. So that's I mean I'm sure that market has taken off, and I'm sure you've heard nothing but positive feedback because everything I've ever tried from you guys is quality. We do. You know we get nothing but positive feedback on our beers. Um, I must. Uh, must say, and uh, I'm sure that uh, if uh, the owners were here right now in the brewery, they'd be very happy to hear. That well, you, you said them, you tell them for us. I will pass it. <laughs> pass it along. I mean, Mike drove down three hours because <laughs> Jeff was like, "Do you need to go to I was like, "You sure?" He's like, "Yeah, bro." <laughs> yeah, man, you need to. Yeah, try the wizard. Oh here. my god, it wasn't so good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in answer to your uh, the, the second part of your question uh, and the, uh, the unique, I guess the, the unique sort of of, uh, of barrel of monks is. The obvious one straight off the bat is our niche being Belgian style beers. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is obviously a differentiating factor from other breweries. Um, another big one here, though, is uh, I actually didn't include this in the tour, so I'll show you afterwards, but we have a, a pretty cool lab 
here upstairs at the uh, Bowl of Monks. And um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, two of our uh, our uh, owners are radiologists, so they're super duper smart, a lot smarter than I am. And um, they they uh, they have a very um, advanced lab for a brewery of our age and our size going on up here. And it means that we can really focus on uh, the, the, the quality and, and also consistency of right. the beers that we're making here because that is paramount to what we're doing. Healthy yeast is good yeast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, and there's lots of different things that we can do up here with the yeast, especially as well with Belgian uh, beers that, you know, in many cases, the, the main uh, forward flavor profile being or coming from the yeast, uh-huh. it's even more important for us. So if there is any inconsistencies, if there's any problems with the yeast, it's going to show up more so in, in Belgian style beers. So we have a really uh, rather advanced lab uh, here upstairs that we can really focus on, do a lot of tests, uh, and really achieve uh, a lot of consistency and absolute quality in, uh, in all of the, the beers that we're making. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of breweries lack a quality lab, from my experience. Well, it costs a lot of money. Uh, right, right. To, to have you know a lot of really and if your owners are that smart, uh, smart, then you have to actually employ a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how matures and all this stuff. Oh, There's a lot of stuff up there which I'm not going to to sit and, and like try and tell you that I know anything yeah, about right. it because uh, you know there's a lot of studying that's gone behind but you, it. Yeah, but you do it. You have to test your beers and make sure they're coming out right. You know, and if they're not. Anything can happen in brewing. We know that. I mean, you can brew the same beer a hundred times, and on that hundredth time, something gets in there, and it just absolutely changes. yeah. There's never any guarantee. It can always right. happen to any brewery, no matter what. Right. Um, but and then you, you can don't make want to put any... out a whole batch of bad beer either. Right. So you got to be sure you're testing. All you the can time. do everything you can in your power to um, to reduce the risk of that happening. Mm-hmm. You That's know, well, I already drink, but then we're going to talk we, about we this one. We're going to talk really about it, but I already know this beer, like the back Sweet segment, buddy. Sweet segment. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to taste <laughs> So we've been sipping on uh, Zach. What, what have we been sipping on? That Jeff finished. So I uh, thought we'd start. I have more right here, though. Look at I didn't even. Oh man! I didn't even <laughs> bailed out. <laughs> bailed out. <laughs> Well, I didn't know you were going to just, oh, yeah. you know, talk all day. Listen. Yeah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so I thought a good place to start uh, with the uh, with the beer tastings today would be our flagship and most popular beer, uh, being at the Wizard. Uh, this is a Belgian wit beer, spiced with bitter orange peel and coriander. So very true to traditional, authentic Belgian style of wit. It is 5.5%. Uh, we have this available in, uh, in draft uh, and in, uh, in six-pack bottles. Well, I, I think uh, I'm getting the impression you guys like this. This just, is just uh, I the love previous this look. <laughs> I love this one. Mike gave, Mike giggled because he looked at me and I was just smiling about how much I love this beer, but it was probably a creepy smile. I don't know. Super but, creepy. Anyway, but we 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 can talk about the wizard. I mean, we're we here. talked yeah. about the wizard already. We we know this is this is the beer that really inspired me to tell you we need to come down here. Sure. This is. Uh, as traditional a wit as you can get. It is fantastic. It is light. It's crisp. It has great flavor. Um, I've drank a lot of these on multiple occasions and enjoyed every single one of them equally. And they're all great. I gotta tell you something, Zach. And good thing Jeff didn't do it. He was gonna come in. Jeff is such a fan of the Wizard Wit 
that we were going to go buy Party City and he was going to buy a wizard outfit to wow. come in here and sit. I, I thought about it. I texted. It was, I actually texted my girlfriend. Probably <laughs> thought I was crazy, and, and she's looking he at me like I'm crazy right now. He's such a fan of the wizard that he was going to dress up as a wizard, and <laughs> I just wanted to be the wizard just, for a day, yeah, you know, yeah. just one day, and just be the wizard. wizard. Well, well but, we have a wizard costume here, <gasps> I believe. Wow. <laughs> maybe later. Maybe, maybe later. Yeah, maybe, maybe later. later. I, might, I might be gammed off for a little bit. Yeah. Well, what I like about this beer the most is that, like, for me, like, the Belgian yeast gives off a lot of, like, a banana and clove flavoring, and I don't like that in beers, and I don't get that in here. I get more of, like, a light-bodied. I, for some reason, I get, like, a tropical fruitness to it. Maybe it's, it's probably just my palate, but it's not banana, it's not clove, and that's things I don't like in Belgian. This doesn't have, so I, like, love this. What I found about this beer is that it's very aromatic, uh, specifically with the bitter orange peel and coriander, uh, which I love. When it comes to the palate uh, and when you come to drinking beer, uh, that is lesser so. Still there, but not, a, not as pronounced as it is in the, in the aroma. Uh, it's a very clean, crisp, sessionable uh, wheat beer. Um, yeah. So what we're really aiming for with this beer is uh, we want this beer to be uh, that beer that you're coming home on a Friday night after a long you know, week at work and you're reaching for your beer that <laughs> you like, you know, yes, you yes. You want this one to be Been the one there. That you come <laughs> home, you know, at your at your at your favourite bar that you come back to again and again. And you know, that goes back to the consistency I was talking about to, to ensure that it is as good as uh, it, you know This is like beer. an old reliable for even your non Belgian drinker. Oh, yeah. I'm not a Belgian drinker. I if I I mean I, we made jokes about it earlier. I, I drank Coors Light last night. You know. I'm not a Belgian drinker. I'll drink a light beer if it's if it's suiting just to get a beer down and you just want to relax and have a beer. But this beer, if I had it in my fridge, it wouldn't have been a quarter light. It'd be a it'd be a wizard wit because this beer is like that old reliable, throw it in the fridge and whenever you come home, like you just said, long day, you want to crack a beer, easy to drink, something with a ton of flavor, but crisp and easy to drink, yeah. this is it. And it's that's why I Posted Instagram videos of me drinking it on the boat. <laughs> I told Mike we need to come down here because it's a fantastic beer. This is yeah. a great Whitby. Very good. Absolutely. Very good. Well, so. you, you hooked me in the wizard, so. I'm ex- I, that's the only barrel of month beer I've had. Believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm really okay. not. No, you had Father Christmas? Like, I take that back. Yeah, I did have Father Christmas last night. Got a. Trick this guy. Man. It was it's a. Like, so full of crap sometimes. What? All right. I've had two Bellarm. Did you have another one downstairs when you first? Ah, oh, yes, That's, you did. That's ah, Zach, come on, you gotta be on my team now. We're gonna make him look All like. All right, I've had three. Had three different. That beer is so. Oh my goodness. Which one did you have downstairs? The number ten, the sour Belgian with the guava. Oh, right there. So the single in Paradise is a. Yes. Paradise. That's it. So uh, yes, we had that in our place. It speaks, it's awesome. it speaks to me in, in more ways than three. There's one. <laughs> there's one. Now that the one I think I'm talking about, we're gonna do. Yep. Okay, never mind. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll come, we'll come to that That's one. That's good. That's right, exactly. What do we, uh, what do we got next? Next one. So. Woo! That, that, this. That, yeah, that's that. <laughs> this is our, uh, Belgian triple. So, um, I was, uh, I was telling you guys a little earlier on, uh, that, uh, I, I believe I'm right in saying that the first beer that they ever tried to make, uh, was a triple. So I guess this is, Kind of the, the first ever beer that was made by the Barrel of Monks guys. 
Uh, it is a, a very traditional, true to Belgian, uh, you know, authentic style mm -hmm. triple. And this one is called Three Fates. And I, I beg your pardon, the name is Three Fates. Uh, 9%, so this has got a bit more of a, of a kick to it, a bit more alcohol. Oh, shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely more of a, I, I smell it, it's more, it, the, the aroma is very candy. So there's a very pronounced Belgian yeast character to this beer, yeah. uh, I find personally. Um, uh, malty, uh, but dry, with a, a kind of a, a, a particular hot balance uh, in the character as well. This is also partially bottle conditioned in the small format bottles. Uh, we also, of course, have this available in the wrap. Uh, but that's quite a, um, a, a kind of a, a unique selling point to this beer is often you'll find the small format bottles they are force carbonated, but you'll find a layer of yeast on the bottom of these bottles, uh, which again is a, a preference for me. Uh -huh. um, and you'll also find this beer particularly highly carbonated. Uh, so that kind of opens up, you know, brings out more of the mouthfeel. Uh, it's going to bring out more of the flavor uh, as you drink it. It is super clean. Like, I get a lot of, like, candy on the, sure, on the, on sure. the nose. Um, Cassie, have you, have you had the, the triple before? You want some? Uh, so I want to know what Jeff thinks of the, uh, the smell here. Because... Just the, just the nose. Just the nose. Not the taste yet. Not the taste. Okay. I'm not there yet. You definitely get a, a big mall on, on the nose for sure. Yeah, it's it's full. It's uh, sweet, full. You get a little bit of the booziness there as well. Smell boozy, but yeah, you smell boozy. <laughs> I, I, I was telling Zach, I get like a candy. It smells a little candy. I could say that, yeah. It's a. I don't want to oh, say like sugary, nice. but yeah, it's it's yeah, full. Yeah, yeah. It's just a very full full nose. Um, What's the ABV almost? 9%. Somebody somewhere will tell us like the right term for it, but it just, I mean, it smells like oh, triple, I'll get, I'll get but it's, milk. you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> full, triple smell. It doesn't drink like a 9%, which is good. And I dangerous. agree with that also. Uh, I think it's quite deceptively strong. You can, for those beers that you can, you know, sit in the bar and you can have a couple of, and it's not until you stand up, but it's well, stretchy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I will say that typically of all Belgians, not just of you guys, but the Belgian style. That's like kind of typical of Belgians. Is like they sneak sure. up on you, man. They're like sneaky freaking beers. And triples specifically to me have always been that like light. Well, actually, golden's are like that. that like, oh that yeah. Sneaky yeah. Month, yeah. You know? yeah. Oh wow, I had two of these and they're now I'm hammering. Stand up, and you're like, oh shit. Triples though, they're like that sweet, but they're light enough and and they kind of trick you into thinking. Okay, I can drink a couple of these, and then you're like, nope, nine percent. Never mind, I can't. You can black out. And and Belgians do that. They hide their alcohol very well, whether it's with uh, sugar or not. I mean, it's not a sugar because it's it's just the way it's brewed. But they have a sweetness to them that right, hides that alcohol yeah, yeah. Uh, very well. And yep. and that's typical of, of a Belgian style beer. But these are, it's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, I like how it finishes clean. There's no like aftertaste to it. Um, so we've been having a lot of good, clean, you know, drinks today, and this just adds to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm without like, would I ever buy this before this? Would I ever buy the triple on the show? Probably not, because I don't drink Belgians. But it's like now that I've had it and can like talk to you about it and kind of experience it, kind of changes the way I, I view Belgians in general, but specifically like American version of Belgians, because I don't drink Belgians. Why would I buy a Belgian? 
But this triple is, is, is pretty good. It's pretty good. So these two beers that we've uh, we've sampled so far uh, are the two beers that we currently have available in the, uh, the small format bottles, 12 ounce or 12 ounce, 30 12 ounce bottles. For four packs or six packs? The wizard comes in six packs uh, and the triple comes in four packs. Okay. And that's because that's yeah. higher ABV. Yeah, higher ABV. Sure, sure. Generally, generally, you're not going to do Socially responsible, I think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we try. So yeah, so which one of which one of these two here is, that, is, is what you prefer? Uh, my personal preference, don't get me wrong, I do, uh, I do like both of them. That's the same answer, right? Uh, I like I love all, all of our beers. beers. Yeah, I love all of our beers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and the wizard uh, would be my go-to. Um, my oh, personal too. preference, I like. Uh, I generally like session beers. I like to sit down and have uh, a couple of them at home. Um, not set in stone rule, but that's kind of what I'm geared towards. What you lean towards more? Yeah. What I lean towards more. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the wizard is a personal favorite of mine, just in general as well. That's that's kind of where I'm at, and I uh, I love this beer. It, more flavor than the wizard, and maybe for one, you maybe would enjoy it more or. I mean, depending on your palate, but I think it's right there with it. Uh, as far as flavor goes, you might enjoy it more. But for us, our biggest issue is that I love stouts. I love, you know, and so does she. We both love, you know, stouts and, and big multi beers. The problem is, 90% of the time we want to drink a beer, we don't want to drink a 9% aged stout. Even though we love them, it's just like, you don't want to crack that open right now. You know, it's like, yes, it's a great flavorful beer, but I want something I can just drink. Yeah, you know, and like that's our big problem. Is like last night, me and Mike, we we cracked open a couple beers. We had some big high gravity stuff, and we were in the mood for it. But sometimes you're just like, <laughs> I want to have, I just want to have a wit. I want to have a Coors Light. I want to have some light. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why Wizard Wit is is like for me, that's like a staple. Like I have to have that in the fridge yeah. because that's like I get home, I, I work late hours. I get home at one thirty in the morning. Sometimes. And I just want to have one beer just to separate work from life. And it's like, crack open a whip, put on Family Guy on Adult Swim, and call it a fucking <laughs> night. You know? yeah, yeah, like, right. that's, that's a great night for me. That's like, I, I made money, I'm done, I'm ready, and now let's get ready to go to bed. And I'm going to have one beer, and that's like, that's it. It's If that if that point was, let's open up like a prairie bomb, yeah, that'd be a terrible night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And granted, I love Imperial Stouts, but that's not what I'm looking for. You can do a triple, too. You know, three wizards or one triple? No, because that's what we did last night. We drank a 9% beer and we felt too drunk to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you like laugh and then you're like, no, that's true. And you laugh and you're like, no, that's true. He laughs and like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway. I don't drink, man. No, not like that. Come on. No, we just, we, we were watching TV and we're like, shit, we're drunk. Let's, maybe we should go to bed. <laughs> that was what happened. We're old men. Yeah, I did say that like inside again. I'm sorry. It's fine. I mean, we just said anything wrong with that. We split the Father Christmas two ways. So that was. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's just get off of this whole um, we had, Nothing, we had There's a, nothing wrong with any of the things we We had a, a Tokyo which was maybe 19%. 19, 18.5%. So it was at least in the role. Yeah, and then we had the, the bomber of the Father the Christmas. Tokyo was the mistake, I think. <laughs> I mean, it was delicious, but it was probably a mistake. You guys want to try another beer? I would love to try another beer. So what kind of question is that? Which one? We are here. We are here to drink. <laughs> Rhetorical question. This one doesn't have a label. It does not have a label. Actually, this, right. is this a secret beer? This is this is the one of mine. 
Um, it actually has just been released uh, this week. The reason it doesn't have a label is because it is only available in uh, draft, so we don't have any uh, label designs for it because it doesn't come as possible. Um, it is called 1801. Uh, it is a coffee black saison. Oh shit. Okay, I already had this on Cassie's flight and it is fucking awesome. Just to Wait a spoiler. I know, I'm just saying it. What? That's not a spoiler. You can still taste for yourself. You're a human being. The coffee's real nice. What's your name? Are we whispering? Oh. Where's the dog out? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you guys were saying. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I stopped to say. So, anyway, oh. let me tell you another coffee <laughs> beer right here. Coffee Saison. So. This is a cool beer, and this is actually a uh, collaboration beer uh, with um, with a local coffee roaster uh, called Subculture Coffee. God damn it, Jeff! Come on. <laughs> She's fine. You want to take her home? Take her home. Well, Alicia's back here. Michael, take all of this out of the show. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're yeah, good. Someone the donkey. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. The leash is back here if you, if you need her to do your thing. Uh, coffee Saison. You go take her out. Yes. I think you need the lead though. Yeah, if the leash is back, it's back there. I'm responsible. I have dogs. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Two crazy ones. Um, um, where was I? So, Black Saison. Coffee Saison. So, this is called the, uh, the, the 1801 Coffee Black Saison. And this is a special release that we just launched uh, this week. Um, you're going to start seeing it in bars and restaurants right. starting this week. Um, and it is actually a collaboration beer uh, with a lo local coffee roaster called Subculture Coffee. They're based out of, they've got two locations um, in West Palm Beach and in uh, Delray Beach. Uh, we actually got the, the coffee uh, from the West Palm Beach location, which is freshly roasted. We pick it up from there, put it down, and, uh, and use it in the Black Saison. Uh, so I love this beer. Um, I'm a big coffee anyway so this has a lot of coffee uh, character to it it's got a very distinct roastiness uh, oh yeah. which I love oh yeah uh, and it is it also has the, the distinctive interesting saison yeast character uh, absolutely in, in the back also and it's uh, 6.5 percent this one that's good that, that's I mean, good. that description kills it like that description is 100 percent like big 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 coffee on this like yeah. that is it's the, the number one you know, what this is your breakfast beer. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm one of those people. I don't sleep. I don't sleep much. I'm a hospitality person by trade, and I work until, like I said, 1:32 in the morning. Um, and I'm up early, and I'm a big coffee person. You know, big time coffee that's person. That's that's how I get through my day. Yeah. Yep. This black saison's already. It's like grassy and rooty and kind of like earthy tasting. Um, at 6.5%, that's awesome. That's better than I would have thought for a lot. I mean, black saisons are a little higher than like the regular saison kind of style, but 6.5, that's a respectable mark to put your beer at. And yeah. this thing has a ton of coffee flavor. Oh yeah. That's a punch. That's like, that's like uh, a lot of coffee. It's a lot of flavor. And there's probably a little bit of caffeine in it, I'd imagine, because you're using real coffee. Hey, I just, I mean, we're using real coffee and that's soaked into the beer, so. So if you're drinking at 9 a.m. to go to work, this is a great beer. Yeah. But in, <laughs> but in every other time, it's also yeah. a great beer. But yeah, yeah I it is. This, this is well. the one. Cassie, uh, she got her, a flight before we got here and 
I tried all these beers, and this one was like a standout. This is yeah, like, this I is agree, a bigger, agree, yeah, lot of flavor. But like you said, the yeast still speaks. It still is a saison style, but a lot of coffee flavor. Yeah, yeah. I find, I, I find that there's a very the, the very pronounced and distinctive coffee flavor, but not an overwhelming coffee flavor. Exactly. It's there, but it's not everything. And this is going to be draft only, correct? This is draft only, very limited supply. We have it here in the tasting room, uh, of course. Uh, we have a limited amount going out, or has now gone out uh, to uh, distribution, and is going to be uh, delivered to um, to bars and restaurants um, around uh, around our territory uh, over the next week. Uh, so you'll start seeing it in bars and restaurants next week and the week after they're on tap. So very cool. Uh, keep an eye out for it. And I will get that anywhere. anywhere I, yeah, anywhere I see it, that's awesome. This is very good. It's very good. I'm 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 genuinely impressed. Right are now. you are you a coffee guy? No. You're not coffee. a coffee guy? Nope. The only time I'll ever drink coffee is literally in beer and that's it. I freaking love coffee. I do? Co- I, I have a cold brew in my fridge at any given time. I do cold brew coffee all the time. But coffee you can't you can fuck up coffee quick. And like this is this is good. Yeah. What I like about this beer um, is that First of all, uh, black saisons are a little less common uh, a style of beer uh, out there. Uh, you see, you know, often saisons, uh, but equally as as, um, as uncommon, I guess, is what, what you'll usually see when it comes to coffee is uh, breweries treating stouts and parties exactly. or similar uh, or, or styles uh, along those lines with uh, with coffee, and that's kind of the, the go-to, which is great. You know, Awesome, great coffee. They stouts play very well together. They, they yeah. work great There's a reason why so many breweries do that. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we've taken a bit of a different take on it. You know, we've, instead of doing the stout and the porter, we've done the, the black saison, and uh, I think it works really well. It's, it's got it's a lot absolutely different uh, body uh, mm-hmm. to the beer than a stout or a porter. It's not got that you know kind of um, uh, thick, full body. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It's different than that. And I, I, I think what we're like finding that. is that coffee will play nice with basically anything even though it's such an overpowering flavor because we literally just came from a compl- uh, accomplice we did a show there and they did a they have a comp uh, a coffee cider apple cider really a coffee cider and it's phenomenal we didn't try it on this trip but i've had it before it's it's a great cider and they they got write-ups nationally for it about this coffee cider because they were the first people they did very well cider. off that cider. a great coffee yeah. cider good reception and now there's coffee ciders on the market. And so coffee just became a thing. Everybody's like, wow, we can actually use that in things that we never would have thought were possible. Like coffee blondes. Coffee blondes, which became a white stout, which is what people were calling them. Right. Whereas a coffee blonde was a white stout because it was a white beer that tasted like a stout. But the roastiness that comes with coffee plays well with beer and you can call it whatever you want. But you remember, it, I mean, it had to be three years ago now, probably two, at least two years ago now, the White Stout phase, Stone had one, yeah. Terrace had, had one, Cigar City had one. Milkman and Milkman. Milkman, Milkman, Stones was. I don't remember. I'm not a big fan of Stone, to be honest. But they had, they had these White Stouts. They were Blondales with coffee. And so the roastiness came in and made that Blondale taste like a stout. This is, this is its own thing. This is Saison with coffee. And it's solid, dude. Yeah, I really solid. enjoy it. Yeah, it's really but good. But to think of like black saison, let's put coffee in it. That might be a good thing. Is that's innovative it and it's cool. It, it worked out really well. 
and I love this beer. So we did this last year as well, uh, again collaboration with Soap Culture Coffee, um, and it, it was uh, it was really popular last year. And I'm confident it's going to be the same uh, this week, next, you know, next couple of weeks when it goes out into uh, on tap at a different part of the restaurant. I don't know what I'm doing next week. I don't know next episode. <laughs> I don't think you know yet because I see the next beer we're about to open. I, I kind of see it. Looks freaking amazing. Whoa! 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 I hope my caught that. Holy. Yeah. Oh, the so light I caught saw that. It, I saw on the table earlier. I'm like, oh shit. I think That's the people, I think the people next door caught that opening. That was loud. So I thought we'd uh, we'd do our last tasting here with something particularly special. Not that they're not all special. That could make me cry. Stop it. I will. Alright. Wow, this looks amazing. I'm gonna keep it a secret just for all you yeah, listeners that are let's, waiting. Let's make Zach that are in the car well. driving to work right now. You're yeah. like, when are they gonna tell it's me like, what beer we're opening? Monday. <laughs> and I'll tell you soon. These guys have the best job ever. I'll tell you soon what it is, but not yet, because Zach's about to pour himself one. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. He tried to skate out of it. I got one. This one's cool. So Cheers, Cheers guys, everybody. Guys. Yes, great episode. We've got the last one. We made it to the last one here, guys. And it looks amazing. So, guys, this is um, oh, buddy, called Be Mine. Uh, this yes. is a cherry chocolate quadruple. Uh, we have. <laughs> Uh, Cassie, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Cassie's like, you better buy me one of these before we go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you give me this on, on Valentine's Day. This is a particularly uh, popular special release of ours that we do each year. Um, and, you know, it's kind of geared, but not exclusively towards Valentine's Day, but you can have this all year round. Right around February 14th, sometime around <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not geared towards Valentine's Day. You know that. But it, it is geared towards Valentine's Day, but not, a, not exclusively. But this is, uh, like I said, a cherry chocolate quad, which means that it's got big, bold, uh, strong flavors, um, big body. Uh, it's got distinctive sweetness, but more of the, the dark fruits, obviously the cherry, but you know, like plum and raisin kind of sweetness to it. That's all awesome. the chocolate is in there as well, the dark sort of chocolate bitter uh, character in there. And then you've also got a bit of booziness there too, because this is a 10.5% beer. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pause you right shit. now. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, I just took a sip. One, let me connect it okay. real go, quick. Go let ahead, me go just ahead. go on my tangent. Just took a sip. Holy shit. One, two, 10%, it does not taste like 10%. But if you're not a quad drinker, quads are high. Quads are eight plus percent all the time. Quad will play so nice with sweet fruit like cherry. Um, I've had chocolate quads before. I've had vanilla quads before. This thing is freaking unreal. Like this is, this is a great beer. Everyone's shaking their head. Yes. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> like holy crap! Where my goodness! This came like you said earlier. You talked about Belgian style beers, which we'll we'll get into in a second because I actually do have some serious questions, even though I'm being uh, not serious at the moment. But you have some serious. This is a serious Belgian style. Like, this is a serious Belgian beer, but you put that um, that almost American spin on it, which is like. You said earlier you take American style beers and you put a Belgian spin on it. This is almost like that American spin on a Belgian sure. style, yeah, oh yeah. like a traditional Belgian style, yeah. and it's freaking awesome. Like this is, 
this is what quads should be if everybody was a, not afraid of bastardizing quads a little bit. Yes. And that's the point I want to make, too. Like, this is like, if you took what a quad could be and, like, dude, what plays well with quads? This plays well with quads. But people are like, whoa, 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 let's not mess up a quad here. You know, West Lettering is, like, the best thing ever. But, like, they don't want to, you know, but they don't want to do that. But this is, this is unreal. This is a great year. This is what Belgians need to be in America. In America. In America, moving forward. Is that I had this and it like table unanimous blew all of our minds. This will turn me into a big Belgian fan, and it's a shame that it's taken me this long to have a Belgian beer that's been treated with that. And God, man, kudos to Barrel Monks for for being different and not being so traditional. Like, oh, we use two Belgian quads, triples. You guys treat it with the sour, with this one. Be mine. God, this is so good. God, Jeff. It's really freaking good. Oh, my goodness. And and I know, like, as we get going, we get more excited. But, like, this This is This beer is legit. This is Sober Mike or Dark Mike. Because, like I was just saying, like, a quad is a sweet beer. Like, you know that going into it. You get a quad, it's a sweet beer. It's also high ABV, which is why quads are so wildly popular. It's because sweet tastes good and it's strong. Let's oh, drink that, this is so right? Weird. And and at, at the places that don't have liquor, they sell quads in shop form and different variations because it's twelve plus percent alcohol, and they can pour a five ounce pour of it, so that almost equals a one and a half pour of forty percent liquor. So hey, listen, we don't have Jack, but we have this quad, and it's sweet and it tastes great, and you can take a shot of it. And that's so that's become a thing in America because that's that's what we do, yeah, right? But it's sweet. We know that quads are sweet. This thing with the with the cherries and the chocolate I think that's plays better than so most. nice. Yes, like that plays like that's like taking a beer that's primed and ready to be a beer that can take some treatments, but nobody has ever done it before Correct. because Correct. because they're yes. afraid to bastardize what is a Belgian quad, and that's I get it. Don't get me wrong. Belgian beers that one that one not style but that one area of beer that people are afraid to like we don't want to mess with you know because we want to be traditional we want to keep it traditional which you guys have done i'm not trying to say you haven't you guys have kept it traditional however there's a fear in trying to change it right because you you're no longer traditional you don't want you you don't want to be belgian inspired right you want to be belgian style sure if you're Belgian inspired, then all of a sudden everybody's like, well, whatever. Everybody can be Belgian inspired. We'll just put up some Belgian yeast in it. But Belgian Belgian beers, traditionally Belgian beers with some American influence is something new. And that's cool. And I think that this that's exactly what this is. This is a traditionally 100% Belgian quad with a little bit of American influence. And I think that's what that's what's like blowing my mind so much about it. Me too. It's like, yeah. That this actually is a Belgian quad. Like this is a real Belgian quad. Like, you could have quad, done yeah. this with ABT12, which is also. I mean, you could have done this with West Lettering. You could have done this with Westmel. You could have done this with any. Ropeford. Ropeford. You could put this any Belgian quad. Done the exact same treatment, and it still would blow my mind. This well, is a great beer. It's worth mentioning that we do make the base beer, uh, the, the the quadruple, um, without the cherry chocolate. 
called Quadraphonic, and that beer is available year round. Um, best place to get would be here. Which is also an unbelievable beer if you haven't been to the tap room. We try our best to do it as true to traditional, authentic Belgian style uh, quad as, uh, as possible. Uh, I think we do a pretty good job, personally. Um, uh, the cherry chocolate is the is the you know the, the the seasonal release of that of that quad, but the quad itself is uh, is available year round and is equally as delicious. It's, I it's, think it's that might general. be the best cherry chocolate beer I've had by far. Okay, I'm gonna chime in on this one. <laughs> Look at hey, everybody, it's really Cassie. <laughs> um, so, do you do any other like treatments of the the quad? Normally. We have like done other... lots of different treatments for the quad. Uh, we've done a sour version of this. Let's see, what else have we done? Um, a raspberry version of the quad we've done in the past, oh, which has turned out, which turned out really, really well. Um, drawn a bunk now, but they'll, yeah, we've done, course, yeah, there. Yeah, we've done a variety of different uh, treatments. And you, the you bottle those treatments, correct? Um, not all of them. Not all, all of them. No. Um, this one we have, of course, the cherry chocolate quad is available in the 750s. But some of them we've done as uh, special oh, releases, Lord. you know, just uh, in as uh, a small quantity, oh, wow. kept in the tasting room even, or used in special events or beer dinners, stuff like that, uh, at a different uh, restaurant that we work with. So. Yeah. Dude. All right, let me get it. So this is what I was actually going to say before, and I know it's when we're going from like non-serious to serious, but you mentioned it earlier in your tour, and I wanted to make this known because the people who listen want to hear this kind of stuff, but your everything you brew, you want to be as traditional to Belgian style as possible. And so even though we've gone on tangents about how non-traditional Belgian beers that you're putting out, the Wizard Wit is a traditional Belgian wit style beer. Yep. As traditional as you can get from an American brewery as possible, right? Yep. And so that's what we're going for. And so that's what any of their core beers are, because as we took this brewery, as we took this brewery's tour, the malts, the yeasts, the everything that goes in this beer is is sourced to Europe more or less, or, or to somebody from who yeah, is from important. Europe, is somebody is putting importing the right ingredients to make a traditional brew. Uh, Belgian beer, right? Where, so yeah, to be precise, wherever possible, we source and import our uh, our basic ingredients uh, for our beers from um, uh, from Europe, and specifically, in the most part, they come from uh, Belgium, obviously, right. Germany, England, and Scotland. Um, and our uh, kind of key focus is, is literally to try and make Belgian beers just outside of Belgium. Exactly. But other than that, you know, everything about them uh, that we can is. Yeah. And I think that's important that whenever possible, you, you import all the ingredients from Europe. You, well, you, you said know, that we're advertising ourselves as a Belgian brewery, so right. you know, we have to do everything. And you, and you said right. that to me during, the, to during the tour, and that literally hit me. Like I was like, this brewery actually wants to brew Belgian beers. The only problem is they're not in Belgium. You know, right. but but you're outsourcing all of your ingredients to, and I, whenever applicable, I gotta say. Whenever you're outsourcing all your ingredients to to the traditional ingredients used, well, I think so uh, that's, big, that's amazing. A big advantage factor to this also, I know that these beers that we're making were originally formulated uh, or invented. Uh, 
new mascot Belgium, of the show. Using these ingredients from these areas of the world. So these were kind of what were intended to be used when making these styles of beer. Um, and so that hopefully uh, is, uh, is kind of a contributing factor towards a higher quality of the beers in terms of the beer styles that we're making. I don't even know what to say. You guys are killing it, man. I mean, al- already, so already, you took on, as Barrel Amongst, you guys took on the most judged portion of the craft beer industry. You took on the highest marked craft beer portion of the industry. By taking on Belgians, you're taking on the people that say Belgians are best. You're taking on Belgians are best. You're taking on uh, you're taking on Trappist brewery people. You're taking on all the people that are Belgians are superior, and they need to taste this way. Yep. And, I, and we've, I mean, we both were world of beer people. All three of us were world of beer people. Oh, yeah. We know the Belgians are best, and we need them to taste a certain way. People, Belgian, Belgian beer drinkers love Belgian beers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a level of expectancy on quality in Belgian beers that is like superior to anything you can ever put out in an American market. And you guys were willingly took that on, and we're like. We're gonna put out Belgian beer, but we're gonna put it out, and you're gonna like it. Like everybody has an IPA, and there's no level of expectancy on IPA. Like you, I, I could, yeah. I could put very an IPA well. out of my garage, and people would be like, "Oh, well, did you have something like that?" Best IPA I've ever had. Every, IPAs are great because <laughs> there's four thousand of them. But Belgian is like there isn't a level of expectancy in Belgian. It's like you need to. You need to do everything right. You need to do it by the book. You need to have the right ingredients. You need to do it to the right style. It needs to be stylistically perfect for any traditional Belgian drinker to be like, this is good. And you guys took that on willingly and then exceeded at it. And yeah. then, and then after all that, said, let's try and turn it on its head a little bit. And that's why this brewery is so unique and awesome. Right? Because there's nobody down. else. Yeah. Even Weyerbacher and Obergang who have been doing Belgians forever. Oh, yeah. Have they turned it on their head? Sometimes, but typically no. No. I mean, I mean, nobody's, typically trying no. To, nobody's trying to treat stuff with, the, you know what I mean? It's I mean, like, the Weyerbacher has insanity with it's their. That's right. American style style. Right. It's, uh, I, it's true that it's certainly not the, the kind of the easiest um, route to take when it's not when it the past to, you know, to gain your niche. Um, yeah. But it also um, offers a, a great range of, uh, of opportunities, you know. And uh, if you can nail it, which I hope that we are um, uh, killing it, us, yeah, then, oh, yeah. killing it. I'll then, speak yeah, for you've Jeff, got a lot yeah. of, uh, you've got a lot of, um, <laughs> of great, you know, kind of great opportunities from it. I mean, we get we get a lot of flack because when we do these breweries spotlights, spotlights, they think, oh, you guys are just doing this because you're sitting with the owners, with the employees. We've never, Which we've never we done that. We, we're not biased. We're very unbiased, and in, in all sincerity and of all, all like my years of drinking and everything and all that, like these beers from a non-Belgian drinker are f- legit. Like especially this one. I'm and not so. This way, I'm not a Belgian beer drinker. The only reason I happened upon Barrel Amongst the first time I came was because Cassie's cousin was here with some friends and said we need to come to this brewery and I was like ooh Belgian beers I'm not thinking about I drank eight beers that day 
right. and they were all phenomenal. And I said, we need to come down here. And that's why I told Mike, as a non-Belgian drinker, I said, we need to come down here because we're non-Belgian beer drinkers. We don't love Belgian beer, but I loved every beer I had. And so you need to come down here because quality beer is being poured. Quality over everything like you're wearing. I'm literally wearing the shirt. Our shirt. Quality over everything. That's it. And that's, that's it. Important. Quality beer. And dude, you go through enough studies about beer, you learn enough about the ingredients and everything that goes in, you get an appreciation for beer styles you don't even like, and then you start liking them. You know what I mean? Because you've learned enough about them that you're like, wow, I pick up that note or this thing or whatever. And that's how I am with Belgians. Like, I didn't love them at the beginning, but I've learned so much about them throughout my years of being in the craft beer industry that now I really appreciate deep, just very in-depth, complex Belgian beer. And that's what this is. Even though, granted, it's it's a treatment, but it's it is a complex quad oh, with a treatment. Yeah. And it's freaking amazing here. And I'm, I, it just, it, for the record, and hold me to it, I'm buying one of these in 10 minutes. Taking yep. it home for her. Hey, thank you. Obviously, for me, why would I buy so, it for just her? <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, in terms of, yeah, in terms of, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up the episode. We're at, we're at the over an hour mark. We're gonna give you, we're gonna give you a time to kind of like. Make your plugs. Any any shout outs yeah. or any plugs you want to give out to tell our, our thousands of listeners about marijuana. Whatever you want to shout out. Well, we won't of, interrupt you. Thank you Go very ahead. much. Well, a couple of things that um, are definitely worth mentioning right now. Um, and the reason that I, I, I chose these uh, last two beers um, that, uh, that we've just sampled, the 1801 Coffee Black Saison and the Be Mine, uh, these are the two special releases that are current uh, with Barrel Post. So these are the ones that I would urge you guys uh, when you're out at bars and restaurants to keep an eye out for. Uh, the 1801 will be the first one and Mine will be uh, you know, coming out in the next week or uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, you'll also be able to get a uh, hold of the Mine and send 50 ml bottles out uh, of all your local total wines. Uh, so keep an eye out for that and if you want to try it then you can. Um, okay, definitely buy that by the way. Okay. Not to interrupt, keep going. Go ahead. When it comes to the tasting room, anyone who wants to come and visit, we're open uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, please visit our Facebook page or our website. We have cool events going on all the time here, uh, from bacon tastings and bacon pairings. We do a, um, a great uh, every two month uh, beer dinner called our Brewery Throwdowns, and more information about that uh, is on our website, uh, and on, again on Facebook. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, come down and, uh, and check out the tasting room uh, whenever you're in the area. The next big event uh, that we have uh, coming up uh, for, uh, for Barrel of Monks is the anniversary party. Uh, that is going to be March 31st. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and I would definitely urge you to come down. Uh, the previous ones that we've done, if you haven't been to them, have been fantastic. And we, um, we uh, plan on doing the same this year. So March 31st, put it in your calendar. And again, all of the details for that times and such will be on Facebook and on our website. That's it. That's what all I'm right. Doing. Chef, what do you think about anniversary party? <laughs> <laughs> you might be here. March 31st, I mean, I could be here, possibly, probably. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm not a going. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So right. that means I'm going. I have a I have a bachelor party literally like the next weekend, but <laughs> in okay. Costa Rica for like five days, 
So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll be here. But anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. You better call them now on console.show. Oh! <laughs> Canceling Costa Rica. We're going to barrel hunts. Guys, buy the Be Mine. Buy it. I just said it while he was doing his plugs, but buy the Be Mine. My God. This dog is jumping on my lap. <laughs> Um, Be Mine is, is the one we were just talking about at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's the last year. Phenomenal quad. Go like, on. please go buy that. If you see Barrel Amongst Beers in the store, buy them. This is a phenomenal brewery. They're doing everything right. They're outsourcing their ingredients to traditional ingredients that would be used in Belgian beers. This is a brewery that is doing Belgian styles the right way out of South Florida. Please buy them. Go see their store. Go see their tap room down in Boca Raton. If you see them on the stores, buy the Wizard Wit. It is the most amazing wit beer you'll ever taste in your life. I'm plugging Wizard, uh, I'm plugging Barrel of Monks. I'm plugging Wizard Wit, and I'm plugging Barrel of Monks because this brewery is amazing, and you really genuinely need to try it and come down here and see it. Yeah, I'm gonna plug Barrel of Monks as well. I mean, everything's been quality. Everyone, including Zach, has been super nice to us and very friendly and, and polite. Oh. So Barrel of Monks, Boca Raton, guys, come on down, visit the tap room, tell Zach that at the bar podcast sent you. Nothing will happen, but that's cool. <laughs> but just let him know anyway. <laughs> let him know. Uh, everything's been fantastic, and, and for those people who've been listening to for us for uh, 50 plus episodes, you guys know we're not Belgian fans, me especially, because I got in trouble with the Coasters episode. Yeah, you did. Uh, but these guys are doing legit stuff, and, and definitely check them out. And I will be buying Barrel Monks regularly, whether it's, whether it's a wither, the, the Wizard, the Triple, or the B-Mine, which I'll be buying as well. Barrel Monks, Boca Raton, great stuff. Happy to be here. Thank you, Zach, for allowing us to, to waste your time for an Guys, hour. thank you so much for coming to visit us in there. And include them as in your podcast. Awesome. awesome. No, we appreciate it. Definitely. Great. And, and tell Tim, what is it, well. Tim? Right? Tim. Correct. Yeah. Tell Tim we said hi. Hey, hey Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Remember me? Hi, Tim. We, were, <laughs> we had fun. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, anyway, once again, thanks again for listening to At the Bar Podcast. Until next time, coming to you live, not live, but live from Barrel Mux Boca. We'll see you guys at the bar. At the bar. See you.